The term deep state has become a kind of buzzword in modern day politics. A lot of politicians, especially right wing ones, accuse their enemies of being part of this cabal of this deep state conspiring against them. But the deep state is not some crazy conspiracy theory. The deep state is a very real concept that is important for us to understand how capitalism functions, how in societies that claim to be democratic, there are unaccountable, unelected structures inside and outside of the government that serve the interests of large corporations and Wall Street and capitalists in order to subvert popular democracy. The deep state is a system of top-down corporate rule. And this is explained brilliantly by the historian Aaron Good, who has an entire book that traces the history of the U.S. empire and the deep state. His book is called American Exception, Empire and the Deep State. And he shows how the U.S. deep state was created by Wall Street, by capitalists on Wall Street. And these are the same people who also created the U.S. national security state. Alan Dulles, who was a Wall Street lawyer, created the CIA. And his brother, John Foster Dulles, another Wall Street lawyer, became Secretary of State. And they worked with governmental organizations and organizations outside of the government. And they worked with organized crime and they worked with large corporations to advance the interests of the capitalist oligarchs and to try to suffocate socialism anywhere around the world, organizing coups, regime change operations, wars, we see this in Iran and Guatemala and Indonesia and the Bay of Pigs invasion in Cuba. So many different examples of it. It, it all shows how you know CIA is capitalism's invisible army, the CIA. So what I wanted to do in, in this brief episode here is I'm going to, I have on my friend Aaron Good, the historian and author of American Exception, Empire and the Deep State. And we're doing a series together that we're co-producing with my show, Multipolarista, and Aaron's show, his podcast, American Exception. And we're doing a history of the US empire and deep state based on his book. And he had a, a very uh, funny Twitter thread in which Aaron explained what the deep state is not, because we publish an episode explaining with a scholarly academic analysis what the deep state actually is. So here Aaron explains through this Twitter thread that, that he wrote, what the deep state is not, because we need to point out that this is a very serious concept. It's not some crazy, unhinged right-wing conspiracy theory. I don't know what made me want to write this, just because I'm always thinking about the deep state, but probably something that somebody wrote somewhere made me want to come and deal with this uh, issue, because the deep state gets misappropriated as a term, so I wanted to clarify things. Uh, and the deep state is a left-wing critique of the system of governance in the, in the West and of liberal democracy. It's top-down governance in a nominal democracy. So the deep state is not the CIA. Okay? It's not Jews. Okay? This, is a, this is one that's been popular in certain circles to, to blame everything on, on Jews. It's not Freemasonry. It's not the crown, the Rouge people out there. Uh, it's not just the mafia, okay? If people want, to, some people want to try to make this. This is a popular one to posit the mafia somehow on top of everything. It's not Bilderberg, the Council on Foreign Relations, Trilateral Davos, but those are important things. Those are symptomatic of the power that we're talking about. It's not the Bavarian Illuminati or any other Illuminati. It's definitely not communists. This is one of the more <laughs> infuriating ones to me. Is when people try to say that like the Council on Foreign Relations is communists or, and, and such. Some people believe that like Reagan was infiltrated 
by communists and that, that they were trying to subvert public education to make to, you know, because they were close to the KGB. Some people actually believe this. Uh, the government. Okay, this no, I mean, for, you should point out the deep state was basically created to liquidate the communists. I mean, it was created as a tool of class control, capitalist class control against communism to subvert democracy, to prevent socialism. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have another, I have another thread here where I could have added that part. I could have said, as a synecdoche, you could say that the deep state is the anti-communist international under U.S. management. Okay, it's not the government. That's sort. Of, that's my reference to the libertarian perspective that just that thinks that like basically <laughs> capitalism is really awesome. The problem is that there's this thing called the government. Government that makes no government. sense because there's no property. Like they worship property, but property is a concept that outside of the existence of government makes no sense whatsoever. So I, I property don't, I is don't, nine tenths of the law. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to explain this probably to most of your listeners, but like this, this is why libertarianism ultimately gets it wrong, and it's not anything involving radical trans people, LGBTQ people. Like this is not really what this is. It, it's not really a big part of the regime. This is don't get don't get distracted by that. So I do say on the second, I followed this up because there's only so many tweets on Twitter or characters on Twitter and say, as a synecdoche, you could say the deep state is parafascism. That's where the anti-communist thing is, is pretty accurate, right? They, they take the old Nazis and Italian fascists and Japanese ultra-nationalists and they recruit them into this new covert force to uh, kill people all over the world. And so you have a sort of fascist rule that doesn't look like, that doesn't call itself fascism. Right. The old fascism that called itself fascism became kind of unpopular. So you can have the effect of fascism, which is murder all the leftists uh, without having to be associated with the unsavory aspects of fascism. Uh, oligarchy is really what we're talking about uh, or just capitalism. Capitalism produces oligarchy and concentration of wealth at the top and thus the concentration of political power at the top. And in that way, I think you, that's why you have to put it at the center of your analysis. It's a system that, that creates these huge imbalances in, in economic power and thus in political power. And those two things are intimately related. Well, um, and, and Aaron, and the point is that in capitalism, if you have a capitalist system and you want to maintain a veneer of democracy, bourgeois liberal democracy, the capitalist class needs to have some kind of overriding power when they say that, well, if all, if the majority of working people got together and tried to vote away our wealth, we're not going to allow that. So you create these extra democratic institutions using organized crime, using, you know, um, governmental agencies, non-governmental agencies, all the, those structures together are part of the deep state to override democracy, to prevent people from having you know, the, the ability to take away the wealth of the capitalists. That's the whole point. Yeah. And these things are, I mean, they go, I, I make the argument in my book that you could say America had a deep political system that existed in tandem with the democracy such as it was, because it's never really been a democracy, right? But my argument is that the deep political forces get enshrined in the, in the actual system of governance with World War II and the decision to go for global empire and that it overpowers everything else. But if you really want to, get down to it, things like the Senate, you know, the creation of the Senate or the existence of the Senate is like an example of deep political power or, uh, you know, a, a kind of a deep state function where it's like minority rule. 
and it's built into the constitution like it makes it so that you the the constitution is a fundamentally it allows for more top-down dominance no matter what uh since its very beginning i mean the senate itself is an absurd uh, absurdly undemocratic institution the fact that it operates the way that it does with two senators from each state regardless of population and that it has so much power in the legislative process but then you add the filibuster on top of it to where it takes it takes a 60 uh, to 60 over 40 super majority in an already democratically undemocratically structured system it's it's impossible to justify on its merits the only thing that you can justify it on is it's it's been there since the 1700 so well, then throw it. in the Senate parliamentarian or whatever. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a joke. The Another override to make sure that democracy can't win. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't even know what how you compare that. It's like Joe, Joe Biden and the Democrats are like the guy that pretends he's got a leg cramp, uh, at, you know, to like fake an injury in the football game or something like, oh, I just can't like it's built into the system and it sucks. Yeah. And then empire in general, empire is this top-down affair and it creates so much wealth and power for the people running it that, and it cannot be done lawfully and without a lot of secrecy. And so this creates an enormous arena for top-down political power to be able to operate and to justify itself on the basis of like the national interest and so on. So the, you can say the empire is the deep state and it's not, it's pretty, you know, that's one way to frame it. Yeah, and you also continue here. There's a little bit more. Yeah, I wasn't really planning this when I did it, and I thought a little more, and I'm like, okay, I want to throw in a few more things out here. Somebody else in a, down the thread mentioned the Bank for International Settlements, and that's another one you could have put in there. Okay, it's not just the Federal Reserve, not just BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, although they manage you know, controlling interests in pretty much all the major U.S. industries. It's not lizard people or aliens. <laughs> It's not an algorithm or stochastic. Okay, that's one argument that I that's almost like a Chomskyite argument. It's like this argument that, like, well, there's nobody may, really making any decisions. It's all kind of structurally overdetermined and it's like an algorithm. It, there, there are deciders and there are groups of people who make decisions. Nothing, you do not get any political event that is orchestrated and, and or that occurs in this sort of way, like the state does not operate without somebody in the state making it operate that way is what I'm trying to say. Like, this is not, this is still sort of silliness. And just because these decisions are opaque doesn't mean that there are not deciders to actually controlling the state. It's, the state acts in ways that are determined by people who have positions in the state to determine how it's going to act. That shouldn't even require me explaining it, but people sort of act, it's sort of a semi- sophisticated or pseudo sophisticated position to be like, oh, I don't, you don't want to think about who's doing what. That's like conspiracy theory. There are some people, if you say like the state is carrying out these plans, they'll say, oh, that's anti-Semitic. It's like, wait, what? And then, but they're saying that like, basically if you say that there's any humans doing anything that, that, that are responsible who are like villainous, then that's sort of like a anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. Okay. I've heard that argument out there. That's like a, a sort of, leftist affectation or something among some people and it's not just the bureaucracy the federal government it seems like uh, that was the sort of straw man that fukuyama was trying to roll out and that other people have rolled out about the deep state to say like oh come on we need a federal bureaucracy but that's not really what we're talking about we're not talking about a civil service of of uh, you know serious people we're talking about like the political power that has exerted control or political economic power outside of the constitution that has exerted control over the federal bureaucracy, but is not just a function of the federal bureaucracy. 
So I think these are good to say what it is and what it is not. Yeah. And, and we've before we talked about this contradiction between, you know, structuralism, this idea that, you know, it's, it's all just this algorithmic structure and the individuals involved in the system don't matter on one side. And then this kind of individualistic conspiracy view of history where everything is just the individual actions of a small group of people. Obviously both of those extreme views, like those, uh, uh, if you were to pick only one perspective and not try to find like a dialectical synthesis of the two, you're not going to understand history. But the the idea that it's all just you know running an autopilot is equally absurd. Obviously, it's not it's not a small cabal of people, and it's certainly not a people of a certain religion or ethnic group or whatever. That's ridiculous. But it's not just like running an autopilot. So I, I thought that was a very good thread because it you know uh, succinctly and with a touch of humor just. Uh, summarizes some of the main points that we've been talking about. And because there is so much disinformation, I'll use that term, it's, it's been co-opted, but there is genuinely a lot of disinformation about what the deep state is because you see, you know, especially, you know, far-right politicians that are trying to create this sense, false sense of populism. We see Georgia Maloney in Italy, this new far-right leader, talk about the, the financial speculators. She doesn't say the capitalists. She says the financial speculators or the bankers or whatever. It's better to have a more specific understanding and especially how it's related to capitalism. Because if you don't fundamentally have an analysis of the capitalist system, you're going to often end up with like weird right-wing anti-Semitic conspiracies or something. Yeah. And the, the fascists in particular are, have been historically very hypocritical about this because, you know, they talk about international finance and so on compared to like industrial capitalism. And there is a, a some relevance to that if you look at the german situation they're like their capitalists were more centered around actual industry whereas british capitalism was more exploitative and about indebting countries and so on but look at who financed those bond sales for hitler to rearm germany it was like you know like john foster dulles and these international financiers uh who were a pretty waspy group uh by and large and so you know you blame this like jewish transnational capital but like that if you're the Nazis, but the the Nazis were not, you know, unfriendly to international capital. They just, you know, they used that as a scapegoat uh, to because they're so it's so obvious that capitalism was dysfunctional that they need to have some kind of of scapegoat for that. And that's where that's where you get into uh, these strange uh, and terrible uh, mischaracterizations of like who's really running things. Yeah, I mean, really briefly here, not to just not to kill this, uh, to kill the horse with beat the horse with uh, this point. But um, there's a really uh, there. Uh, there was this guy, um, Marlon Enninger, who's um, done some good research and he was sharing some quotes from this book. It's a great um, book, by the way. Yeah. What's the book? Uh, it's like who funded who financed Hitler, I, I believe is the name of it or who funded Hitler. Yeah. And there's some interesting quotes in here about how Hitler told uh, so Walter Funk, who was an economic advisor to Hitler, Hitler told him that he was an enemy of the state economy and so-called planned economy, and that he considered free enterprise and competition as absolutely necessary in order to gain the highest possible production. So yeah. Hitler was a capitalist. And then oh, there yeah. was also this study that I pointed to that was published in 2010 in an academic, academic journal, Economic History Review, against the mainstream Nazi privatization in 1930s Germany that showed that in the 1930s, of all the countries in Europe at the time, the Germans were the the Nazis were the most pro-capitalist 
of all of the other countries in, in Europe, where, which at the time had a lot of protectionist policies because of the depression. The Nazis were overseeing mass privatizations, selling off companies, state companies to the highest bidder. And of course, combining that with mass enslavement and internment camps. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, uh, was the, the, yeah. The, the, in the West, they went for a genocide. social, they went for a social democratic uh, solution in the, in the, in Britain. I, I don't know as much about the British case, but in the U S they do things like they create the civilian conservation Corps, massive public works program. And uh, they, the Tennessee Valley authority, that's a not, that's not even a nationalization. That's the creation of a large, you know, nationalized, an enterprise. So the, the U.S. went for, at that time period, they went for a social democratic solution to manage the depression. But of course, you, it's, the depression isn't really solved until you get the massive government intervention in the form of mobilization for World War II. And without beating the point to death, uh, I mean, Ben, you're saying mass privatization, selling off state industries and having concentration camps. We're going to talk about Guatemala and Indonesia today. I mean, those, that's exactly, you know, what the US check, check is. and check. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking for parallels, like, like, uh, you know, just because they're called the national socialists, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta work a little harder than that. This was just a clip from our series empire and the deep state. If you want to understand from an actual political analytical perspective, what the U S deep state and the U S empire are and how they function. You should check out our series in the description below. We have a link to the YouTube playlist, which have all of the videos. And if you also prefer listening as a podcast, you can go listen to the series over at patreon.com slash American exception, or you can listen to the multipolarista podcast. And we will be back with many more segments as we go through the history of the U.S. empire and the deep state. I'm Ben Norton from Multipolarista. Thanks a lot for listening.